Welcome to the Weekly Roar. I'm Grant Bruner. With me today is Jared. Hello. And Molly Bradley, my former co- or Jared and I's for- for- a former co-worker. Uh, Molly, why don't you uh, tell us what animal you've been thinking about lately? Oh, hi, I'm Molly, as you said. Um, I am always thinking about Saltine, my cat. Your your black and white uh, fluffy cat that we have multiple Slack emojis of yes. in Work Slack. Yes, she's black. She's a little mini tuxedo menace. Um, and that's good. Well, the reason why we talk about animals at the front is because I've been doing this podcast a long time. But during uh, the pandemic, when the pandemic started, it stopped being a fun time to ask how people were doing. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was bad. The answer was bad. The answer was, we're not doing well. And it was just like, you know what? That's a real bummer of a way to start a podcast. So what if instead we talked about an animal? Uh, Jared, you have an animal? Uh, yes. Uh, after much thought, my ring camera on the front door of my mom's house in Delaware caught a deer. Ooh. So thinking about a cool deer. Cool deer. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Robin Redbreast. Uh, typically a, a a bird of spring in my yard in in droves. Recently, it is well, it is spring is upon us. I think it is. I don't want to speak too soon, but it fe- it feels like it's it, it feels upon me for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, and like, you, I look at the at the forecast, and it's always like, well, it technically could like sprinkle snow, but really, uh, here in here where I am, uh, once you get once you get to the middle of March, it is pretty rare to see snow. That's true. Although I I remember last year, it was spring had come. Everyone had agreed on that. The weather seemed to uh, sort of prove that to be true. And then mm-hmm. Cole and I went on a walk out east and mm-hmm. it started out as what seemed like a, you know, a chilly but beautiful sort of spring day and then got gray. And halfway through the walk, it started snowing, which mm-hmm. was a trip because we weren't dressed for it. We were like, did we walk backwards into winter? Like what? Did we just time warp into a different it was very very confusing and um funny now. We walked backwards into hell right, right. Literally, very literally i think that's what we did mm-hmm. uh you live your life by the the good book and by the good book you mean that book of of drill tweets correct correct <laughs> Um, so we invited you here, well, partially because uh, you're a friend and we like you. And oh. we wanted to, now that you are our former coworker, um, we don't get to talk to you as much as we used to, and that sucks. I know. Um, the gaming channel silent. <laughs> um, it's real quiet uh, without you. It's really quiet. It's true. It's most. It's mostly just Jaren and I DMing <laughs> each other, being like, "Man." The industry sure is a mess, yeah. um, but we, we wanted to, to bring you on to talk to you. And also, um, I, I, it's pr- pretty interesting to talk about how you, Jared, and I were, were video gamists for pretty much our entire lives. But you are a, a later in life gamist. Yeah, yeah. And why, a, why? That's a great. It's a great question. Well, here's what I will say: is I think the the like the traits were there early on. I think I I had the potential to go down that path a lot earlier and kind of strayed not too far from it, but just didn't dive in fully because um, I was a computer game kid. I, I was just a, com- a computer kid, like more so than just like we go on the internet because it's new and cool. Like I was like, whoa, I want to, you know, I see that people are building like layouts and page design um, on X page, which was kind of a GeoCities style, like make your own website. So I taught myself like HTML and CSS and was building web page layouts. And I, you know, I did Neopets. I played The Sims which is mm-hmm. definitely doesn't signal the making of a gamer, but uh, yeah. it's 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 in the it's in the territory. And I also it's definitely a thing that people who don't identify themselves as being into games is a game that they play. Exactly, it, it's like very accessible to kind of to, 
anyone. There's a lot of, uh, you can approach it from like a gaming perspective. You can approach it from being into interior design. You can approach it from being into sociopathic kind of experiments on your Sims. Um, but I also, my, my mom introduced me and my sister when I was, I don't know, seven, eight to the series called King's Quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Roberta Williams from Sierra. Mm-hmm. But I have not met that many people. I mean, I think people in gaming know what it is, but I've not met that many people who casually know what it is. And so that was how I realized it was more of a niche thing. And I do not know how my mom knew about it. Um, although she also did introduce us to Leisure Suit Larry, which was very... Also a Sierra joint. Yep, yep, also yep. a Sierra joint and tells you, I think, a little bit about my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she thinks it's very funny. And it is. Wow. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, I uh, a, a co-worker of mine when I was right when I was a permalancer at Ziff Davis, a coworker of mine, his um, stepmother was an artist in uh, for those games where so like when people are getting um, like when when teenagers are getting weirdly horny for a uh, Leisure Shoot Larry game that's written or sorry, it was drawn. Those uh, those art pieces were drawn by an old lady. That's amazing and that it was an older woman and also one that you have a connection to. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. The, so the 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 Sierra games are were popular at the time. It's just that that like video games were much smaller at the time and had a much bigger or had a much smaller reach than they do now. Um, however, I will say that like when it comes to adventure games, games that were like on PC, mm-hmm. the Lucas Arts games, the like the Monkey Islands of the world, much much bigger reach. Well, and that's uh, what's than what's... than, than yeah. the, the the Sierra games. But I, I never, I think I'd heard of them, but I never encountered those growing up, which was. Um... I finally played them, yeah, for the in the last uh, year and a half, um, played through all of them except Tales of Monkey Island, the Monkey Island game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know how I didn't come across those. Um, it's a look of the draw, right? It's like, especially in like in the '90s, it wasn't like, oh, you're here's this online storefront that has every game. It's like. What did they have? Or especially like when you're growing up, then it was like, what did my parents buy me? It's not like I went out and was like, I am going to buy Sam and Max hit the road. I'm going to buy Day of the Tentacle. I'm going to buy the dig. Um, I did go out and buy, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the full throttle, which was a, uh, adventure game it was probably the first, the first game that I ever went and bought with my own money. But like, it was largely like, Hey, that's what your parents got you. Yeah. That's what you play. Yeah. That's J- true. Jared, you have something to say? Uh, yes. I figured I would use the, uh, raise hand feature. Uh, like, we're, like we're at work. Oh God. Uh, yeah. I, isn't it? I don't work here anymore. <laughs> I, I received as a, as a child for a lot of gifts weird point-and-click adventures on PC that had, like, Tim Curry or, like, Ed Harris or, like, random actors, and they would Mm -hmm. be themed around, like, Frankenstein and, like, all this weird stuff, and I didn't enjoy them, and I played Myst, and I didn't enjoy it. Uh, I remember playing Age of Empires and Roller Coaster Tycoon, and I liked those, but once Doom hit... Sorry, everyone. PC games are just Doom clones. Mist is um, miserable to play. And what's wild is that it was wildly popular at the time. And for normies, not not for nerds, it was a normie game. But it is the most grognard-ass, like, adventure game you can possibly imagine. There is no, there is no sense. You can't, you can't intuit your way through Mist. It is just bang your head against this until you get through it. This is true. Although, when was the last time you tried to play Mist? Oh, it's probably been a decade. 19. 
1996? So, yeah. No, well, it was sooner was, than that. My mom showed it to me, and I remember, I, I don't know how she, she's like a stealth gamer or something. Um, We got nowhere. We got absolutely nowhere. And she was like, I've played it through, or she was like, I, someone, she played part of it through, but I don't know that I believe that at this point because she was no help. But um, I tried playing it during the pandemic, and I didn't play all the way through. I barely got in, but what I did, having played a few more, I think I started to play some, or maybe I wasn't playing Monkey Island then, but just I think with like an, an adult um, just sense of intuition and also just knowing games generally a little bit better and thinking like, okay, what are all the possible options? I did get further than I did last time and it was enough to unearth some of the like beginning threads of the story that are actually very interesting. Um, but I, I had no idea because it, it is so kind of impenetrable. Yeah, it, it is deeply, deeply impenetrable. And then like there there are, there's just, uh, it's very, it's, it's like weirdly long and there's so, there's so many like missed and missed adjacent things like Uru and were like games that kind of like halfway came out and then were canceled and then like the community all these years later is like bringing back this thing from like the mid to late 90s um, just because it's like this miss adjacent like basically like a missed two but online because it was it was so far ahead of its time that nobody understood it like when it was coming out and um, it's weird Mist is weird and I it is not my kind of adventure game the like in inscrutability is not something that I enjoy. I know that there's plenty of people who do. Germany is very is is a place where adventure games are very very popular, and those tend to uh, the German audience on average tends to want harder adventure games, huh. and that doesn't do it for me. I'm not I'm not like man. I really want to spend 50 hours trying to figure out all the puzzles in this game. I'm I'm mostly there for for good vibes and and funny writing. Way 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 less for like intricate puzzle machine. That's that's really interesting because I think yeah I mean I don't like the the difficulty and uh, of kind of accessing and moving forward uh, through parts of Mist is not something I look for but I do it's like if there's an incredible story I'm kind of here for it to unearth the mystery but I will say in that way and Cole and I have talked about this a lot because um, he grew up playing Monkey Island games and a little bit of King's Quest but I was really just we were a Sierra family I guess um, mm-hmm. but having now played kind of you know missed having played king's quest games having played um monkey island king's quest for me sits in this middle kind of territory of it is a lot harder to figure out what to do next and break down some of the puzzles than monkey island because in monkey island the puzzles are really like you are approaching this thing and this is a discrete puzzle to solve whereas in king's quest they're all sort of intermingled and this one item you pick up really early on you're going to need that you know in a way further in the game and if you've lost it you're fucked um and you could also die in you know king's quest games and you cannot in monkey island that, that's something that bothers cole a lot whereas i'm just like save your game save game at all times every five seconds save the game because you're gonna die a lot um and I, I i think i like that middle ground i like when even if you're stuck on something you can go away and do something else there's always something you can be doing even if you are working on like a larger kind of tougher puzzle to crack um, but that's why I miss, even though I, I think the story is cool, it does actually suck because when you're stuck, you're stuck. You can't play it anymore, which is a shame. Yeah, it's, it, it is rough. I, I like, I would be, I would be much more interested in, in like a missed playthrough than I would like watching a missed playthrough than watch, than playing missed, uh, itself. Yeah. And I think there's, it's part of the reason why, 
uh, one of the many reasons why I don't vibe with the FromSoft games is that there's a lot of like, well, we imply that there's story there to be found. And if you read item descriptions, yeah. maybe you'll find something. And it's like, do you have a fucking story to tell? <laughs> why don't you tell it to me? What have you considered it? telling me the story? What if you did that? Oh, Jared, you have yeah, something Jared, to say. Oh, yes. Um, I like listening to you two talk. It's almost like a podcast that I can sort of chime in on. It's a live podcast. We're it's live podcasting podcast. just for Jared. Yeah. Yeah, ju- yay, just for me, a birthday gift. Um, I watched Markiplier play through a game called This Is Not a Game, which is mm-hmm. like a weird point-and-click adventure puzzle thing that is yeah. very meta, where the guy making the game you're playing is telling you to not play the game, and it keeps going into layers upon itself. And I I feel like watching someone else experience that and enjoy it is much more exciting than me actually playing it and getting frustrated. So maybe I should watch someone play Mist. Actually, I, yeah, that probably would help. Yeah, I like. So I am now. I guess because there's a whole my whole gaming journey, but I think I'm becoming a Let's Play viewer now. Um, mm. This is going to be. I know there are there, there's a lot around this. This is this is fraught. Um, as a whatever. I watched. I just finished watching tw- a twenty. 324 video YouTube series. They're all about 40 minutes to an hour each um, uh, of someone playing through Hogwarts Legacy because I did not want to buy it and mm. I don't need a, you know, I, I for one, I don't need a new game that bad. Like there's I have a ton of stuff to play and also just fraught, fraught, fraught territory. Mm-hmm. Um, respect to the gamers, disrespect to J.K. Rowling. Um, but it was my favorite part of watching that playthrough was this guy, this, you know, random guy, he's um, he's actually on the, I haven't, you know, I'm not super knowledgeable in terms of like gaming YouTube people, but he had a very, um, he was a very good sort of like host narrator of the experience where he he talked and kind of joked and was reacting, but wasn't just monologuing the whole time. He really got to experience the game. Um, but one of my favorite parts was watching him react to the game um, because I, it's it was it was very clear that he was playing it because of just his childhood like love of the world of Harry Potter, which I think a lot of us can relate to, even if we are like deeply deeply disappointed with. Um, you know, what we now know about its author. Um, it was really, he he was just speechless, like breathtaking so often during that game. And that was my favorite part is that he was really like, um, you know, blown away by and very taken up in the magic in a way that like, you know, I can get that way, but I think at least on the outside, I'll kind of, you know, probably like make a joke about it. And I'll be like, oh, you know, um, it was just a very like wholesome, pure kind of experience to watch someone else go through. And it really melted my little crusty ice Okay, so I have a thing to say that could potentially ruin that experience for for you from a from a melting your icicle heart thing. I will I will sit on it if you don't want to hear it. Say it, say it, crust it back. Uh, It that is like the the like blown away hyper um, exaggerated reaction is like the most common way that people interact with video games on YouTube. It is just like the people being like, whoa, man, whoa, dog, I can't believe they did that. And screaming into their microphones. It's just like, it is a, it is the most like gaming YouTuber, Twitch streamer thing to do. No, yeah, it was genuine. That be, yeah, that must be like a very, that must be a thing that gets people to watch. I'm sure I'm not unique in that. I will say he wasn't overblown. It wasn't hyperbolic. Um, He seemed genuinely touched and he wasn't, he wasn't being like um kind of that just crazy gregarious loud large mm-hmm. life type of thing which is why i could stand to watch it is that he seemed mm-hmm. like a normal person who if i met him in real life like i'd be like wow i can stand you um yeah. <laughs> which i think is really rare for honestly anything on youtube for me 
Um, hey guys, welcome to the channel. Like and subscribe. Huh? Welcome to the channel. Like and subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, we're gonna play Harry Potter today. Whoa. Yeah, I like it. It's just like the most YouTube face. It is just them doing the yeah, YouTube the thumbnail. like thumbnail face just yeah. the entire fucking time they play a video game. Oh, it's brutal. I can't. I don't watch stuff for that reason. Uh, I mean, like there there are good people. Don't like I I absolutely am not saying that every gaming YouTuber is bad. That's not the case. But like, man, are a bunch of them that. Oh my god. No. Oh, oh, I I know it for sure, which is why I never thought I'd watch anything. I watched basically 24 hours worth of gameplay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you, you've probably heard Jared and I talk about Giant Bomb, which is now, like, like basically defunct at this point. Uh, but it's a, a collection of people who are, like, oh, starting out, most of the people were, like, old video games journo people. Okay. And then, like, it has it has expanded. The, the, the people who are there are not entirely all old games journo people. But, like, so the, the things that have come out of that as, as people have left or been made to leave um, have have largely been, like, the the gaming media online that I am interacting with that isn't just strictly like here's an announcement here's a trailer or whatever like like obviously like there exists like articles and stuff like Kotaku Polygon etc etc that I read but like in terms of like video or audio content it is like these motherfuckers were working at GameSpot in the 90s and early aughts and these are the only people that I want to hear talk about video games I'm with you on that. That actually that rules. I love that. Is it, wait? Is it still around? You said it's defunct. So Giant Bomb is has been sold. It was it was it was originally it was, so Jeff Gersman worked at Gamespot and got fired because of a, a a an advertiser put pressure on them because of a review he did a mediocre review, not even a bad review, a mediocre review. So they fired him from an editorial Lynch position too. because of yeah game uh yeah Kanan Lynch too and he then went left and then a bunch of of his his coworkers then left after that and went off, they went off and formed a, a website called Giant Bomb and that was kind of like a an indie uh it was it was run by a company called Whiskey Media which doesn't exist anymore and that was uh Shelby Bonney who was an early CNET person um he was he was one of the founders of CNET and he had like started up this company and they were kind of like one of the first people to do like regular video content on the internet they had it was definitely not the first video game podcast but a a relatively early video game podcast that was very popular called the bombcast um and they sold back to cbs slash cnet who had fired who had fired jeff gersman hilariously and then that lasted for a while um and there was an unfortunate death that kind of reinvigorated it for a while and then they sold eventually after the pandemic they sold to red ventures Red Ventures fucked everything up, and then they then Red Ventures sold them to um, Fandom, and now Fandom has fucked everything up even worse. So it, 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 the the corpse of Giant Bomb still exists, but uh, the 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 main people, the people who you you associate with Giant Bomb, are now no longer at Giant Bomb. I would you so you could say well first of all it's all this stuff is so interrelated. It's such a it's such a fun, funny like tightly linked even while very big world. Um, but its corpse is still there, almost like the corpses of things you kill in Bloodborne, and then they're, they're just there getting in your freaking way when you're trying to fight I some other clown. I can't you're playing Bloodborne. Grant told me that, and that blew my mind. Got it. We need to talk about it if you guys. Okay, let's oh let's let's god. let's dive into let's dive into Bloodborne chat. Oh my god. Um, I don't know. Molly, why? Why? So Cole had he's played the Dark Souls games he's working on Elden Ring he's played Bloodborne before and that was his his favorite by far but you know he he's a lifelong gamer and he 
uh, context for for the listeners, uh, Cole is my boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, who I've known since freshman year of college. Um, so he, um, and actually fun fact, he started being, he got into gaming. He wasn't allowed to have consoles as a kid, but then he got appendicitis and his appendix burst and he had a really difficult rough surgery and his parents felt so bad. They bought him a, uh, some Nintendo platform, whatever it was mm-hmm. at the time. Probably. And if I had to guess based on our age. It would be an N64. I think so. Yeah. Um, but so he he had told me how much he loved it. He was like, you know, at some point it would be really fun if you want if you wanted to try them. You know, they're really, really famously t- I heard a ton about how hard they are. And I've watched him play parts of Dark Souls and Elden Ring. And my initial reaction was like, absolutely not. Um, but I don't know. I You know, I, having because I started out with my first big game on a actual like console. Nintendo Switch was um, Breath of the Wild. It's quite a place to start. Uh, what a place to start. My God. Um, and so like the learning curve was a little a little rough, but I think it ju- that just like gave me so many of the skills you need to approach so many other things. Um, and I played Horizon. I played Portal. I play Fortnite a lot. Uh, I've played with Jared, which was very fun. Um, yeah, I don't really know why we decided to jump into Bloodborne, but um, it has been really infuriating i am mad all the time and then like i'll sit down for the next session i'm like i'm not gonna be mad this time i understand like my hope my expectations are low i'm broken like it's gonna you know i'm gonna be mad i'm gonna die a lot it's fine and if i go in that way i do okay for a bit but then if i like go back and you know i'm like okay i need to i need to go farm some vials from somewhere and i go back to a section i have done a million times now and it should be very easy for me and i still get like just owned that's when I lose it. That's when I, that is when I absolutely lose it. Um, it is a test of my character, a test of my my temper, uh, is a test of my willingness Patience. to persevere. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I find myself thinking about the world of that game constantly. I'm obsessed. I am. I'm not posting on, but I'm peeping on the Reddit boards. I am. I am getting into the memes, man. It is great. I love it. Are you I'm just going to that. straight up like start an Ao3, or you write through mythos? Oh my god. Okay. I I don't know about that, but I will say the other day I did. <laughs> I forget why I was looking this up, but I did stumble onto some Horizon fan fiction. Uh, Hell yeah. On Honestly, it's it's such a good story, but that's that's getting off topic. And also, I don't know that I want to talk anymore. I don't want to reveal anything else about that. About your fan fiction? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I do want to talk about Horizon later, but 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 Bloodborne, where um. What so you you opted for that be, probably because Cole was so hot on that one in particular? Yeah, because he was like you know it, it's hard, it's hard in similar ways to the other kind of you know uh, Soulsborne kind of games, mm-hmm. but it's also he was like I think like the world of this is the best one and will get you hooked more readily than than something like Dark Souls. I mean they're they're not dissimilar; they're very very similar. But um, and Grant, you mentioned something kind of similar as well that because Dark Souls is more sort of like amorphous. Like, wildly generic yeah yeah which is interesting because i feel like none of it is seems generic like the 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 kind of bosses and the monsters are interesting but um it's it's such a it's such a like dark fantasy video game like i remember i remember because i am an old man (laughs) i remember back when um demon souls came out on the playstation 3 and looking at this and i'm like this could be any dark fantasy game this is this is just it's fantasy but people are sad and dead like it's it is just there's there's nothing about it about like the aesthetic of the world that is like 
this is what makes this game this game. It just could be anything. And and I feel like video games, but also like kind of like fiction in general, has such a generic ass fantasy problem of like a lot of people read Lord of the Rings in the 70s and they liked it a lot. And then they're like, what if we made a world, but they like played sick guitars or whatever. <laughs> and um, that sucks. And it's hell of boring. Oh, but if the art's good. I mean, also, wait, Jared, Jared what are your thoughts on that? Oh, God, I have so many thoughts. Um, <laughs> so first of all, uh, uh, yes, Grant is technically right. Like a lot of those Souls games are all based on like the same sort of pool of European castles and dragon stuff. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of generic looking type things in the main Souls games and Demon Souls. I would argue that a lot of the bosses are like really cool and interesting. Um, I think so. Yeah. And obviously Bloodborne and, and Elden Ring go in such weird, unique directions where like the architecture of the buildings in Bloodborne are like based on certain centuries of England and it's like throughout the game as you progress to more like celestial body Cthulhu type alien stuff like yeah. that changes um, but let me just talk to Cole in particular not even the listener or anyone here on the podcast Cole <laughs> I I stupidly tried to get my ex into Bloodborne and it wasn't why we broke up but it wasn't not because <laughs> it didn't help <laughs> Why would you give Molly the most difficult Souls game right off the bat? That is malpractice, sir. Shame <laughs> on you. Malpractice. Well, okay. Can I, I will just say, so, and this is something that I've, has been on my mind a lot because I have, you know, b- I'm in my gaming journey kind of with Cole, like largely as a result of Cole kind of like helping give, get, like walk me into that world without it being too overwhelming. Um, again, I think I had all the interest and propensity to become a gamer, but um, well, so he he got me my Nintendo Switch because years ago when we were roommates, just friends in an apartment, he got one and then he got one for his brother. And then I started, I made up a thing where I was like, okay, can't wait for you to get me one. Um, awesome. Like you, you said you would, he never did say that. Uh, but then I like just gaslighting him into getting you a switch basically i mean it was just like i kind of like um non-consensual like bit him into getting me one so when we started dating he he did actually then get me one which was unbelievably generous and very sweet the long con the long con truly for both of us um but so it's my i think my worst quality is my lack of patience with myself when i'm learning things when i start something brand new that i've like never like you know a brand new uh, i don't know you know gaming for example as something totally brand new or like learning a new language i'm never i'm never mad at myself off the bat because i'm like this is new to me that's fine i'm like very patient with myself you know it's brand new i'm excited i love to learn stuff and then almost as soon as I achieve sort of like a really, really basic competence, then, you know, in learning a new given like skill set in this, in whatever it is, I try it once, can't get it. All right. Try it twice, can't get it. Annoying. Try it three times, can't get it. I am a failure. I should have had this by now. I am uniquely bad at this or otherwise not uniquely good, which is kind of secretly what I want is to be like some kind of secret prodigy. Um, and I get mad at myself and then I get mad at myself for being mad at myself because I know that I shouldn't be. And then I'm mad for being mad because of, you know, the meta kind of recursive levels of that and then i have to talk it out if anyone else is there in the room with me i have to say all this out loud and be you know make sure it is known that i am disappointed with myself so that no one else can be secretly quietly disappointed with me and think that i don't know that i'm a failure um 
So that's, that's we're diving deep into Molly's psyche here. Yeah, we, this, well, I've had a lot of time to think about this and go through this cycle. Um, Bloodborne will make you do that, man. Well, and so it is just constantly me getting mad and then kind of calming down or like finally beating some beast. And like Cole is like, you should be really proud. Like you should be really happy. And I'm like, not because I'm like, but I got so. They didn't one hit it. Why bother? No, not even that. I'll be like, no, like now I'm, I can't be proud because I wasn't. I did not approach this with grace. I got really mad. Uh, like I only I get mad at myself. I'm like, you know, it's never at Cole, but it's at myself near Cole. And I'm ashamed that he's witnessed that. So it's really the strain on this. this, There's no it's not causing strain on the relationship, but it's causing strain on my own just like insecurities. I'm like, oh, my God, he has seen what I consider to be like the worst part of me over and over as I like learn these games. Um, And he's have you thrown a controller? I've not thrown a controller. I've kind of yelled kind of gibberish at the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, And then. I do a thing where I lie down between like if I'm finding a, if I'm fighting a boss I'll kind of die and then I'll hand the controller to Cole silently and kind of lie down on the couch and he plays through to get me back to the boss door because I just don't have it in me which is yeah. really, really kind of him just watch a let's play just watch a let's play and listen to the music and see the sights of Kanehurst <laughs> Castle and it it's not worth it no so it's it, worth it. it I'm gonna do it it's interesting because like obviously there is something about the difficulty of of those games that does something for someone um it's not me but it does something for something and i think jared and i are both broadly on the same page here is just that they have been unwilling to uh, interact with the idea of having like easy modes or having any sort of difficulty slider um is staunchly refusing in that but if they had if they did that it would mean that i would probably have played through elden ring like i probably wouldn't have have played 10 hours and then said fuck this and then left i probably would have seen it through so there and and obviously like there's a whole other separate argument that is accessibility for people who have various um like mobility things that are that like hey here i have this condition it makes mobility difficult can, if i can change the slider that gives me more timing to to parry then i can play your game and that's like that is a, a an adjacent argument that is like a separate argument than just like raw make the game uh, make it so that people can make the game easier yeah yeah i don't know because it's I feel like those b- both of those are, are are really valid sort of things to talk about when it comes to games. Um, generally speaking, especially like famously tough games, but you know, it's all it, there is something about like the artistic kind of quest that you know. Miyazaki and these, you know, all the other people who work on them have gone on of like, how do we make a game that is like so hard? It is going, there is, it is going to be a barrier to like a lot of people. And the point is not to be a barrier to people. The point is like, if you are looking for kind of a crazy challenge and you can fight through this, I think like that it, there is something so satisfying about getting through these parts where it's like you go in the first time and you're like, what the hell? Like, I will never be able to do this. And then at some point you do it and you're like, oh my God, I, like learn something i accomplished something um you know i'm sharper like i kind of got you know got the timing more down and also because it's never like i think what i find um like what i think what's good about the challenge of these games is that it's not like oh if you could you know go you know sprint sprint and hit faster and do like more of this or more of that because that would be frustrating that would that would just be like you're you know you're mashing over and over and i mean look but like button mashing is like always a part of a lot of things but in it is a lot harder in a more deliberate 
deliberate way than something like Breath of the Wild, where like Breath of the Wild really like I never learned to dodge or like do those somersaults. I would just mash, 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 mash and like jump back a little bit or like run away if I needed to heal and then come back and mash. And Bloodborne is making me have to learn timing. And I will say so like a really good example of this is when I I spent a couple nights trying to fight uh, Dark Beast Parl, a.k.a. Dark Beast Carl, as we've been calling him. Um, And my approach had been like to sprint up at him and kind of when he swiped, like jump through. But then I'd end up too far behind him and I'd have to run back to him. And it was just running around like I was like out of breath, just using my controller. So mad, so frustrated, so like out of kind of ideas. And then finally, I was like, well, okay, what if I didn't sprint because it runs me out of stamina? What if I just walked up to him, waited, got the timing right and, you know, and rolled, which is like usually what I do for people. But he was just he'd seemed so unpredictable. And so then I went in and I didn't sprint. I didn't mash. I just very calmly like waited and kind of watched and rolled. And it was the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. It was unbelievable, the difference. Um, and I think it is interesting. I think it presents more. It, it has a potential to present more like unique challenges that are hard but not for the reasons you'd think not for like oh this guy's like reflexes are crazy it's like or like you have to you have to have crazy reflexes to do it um i, I think there is it is really really hard but it's not like an, a, a sort of vertical line of like a kind of gamer like uh hardcoreness it's kind of like a, a mental it's like a mental puzzle and then i don't know does that make sense it makes sense and, and it's definitely I, i'm very familiar with the argument but like fundamentally it doesn't nothing about adding difficulty sliders does away with that. That's true. Because there's always the there's always the like and and other games that have difficulty settings have like hey messaging when you're playing it it's like we balance the game to play it here. So like Halo infamously Jared has the like this is the real Halo like the recommended is, yeah. Uh difficulty of like this is what we think is the best experience. But here you go. Go nuts. You can have it at any difficulty you want. Uh, some, and then also, like, not only that, but also, like, giving you options. Like, Halo is, is pretty good at giving you options, like, with, with skulls and stuff of, like, if you want it to be harder, like, here are, here are ways you can make your experience more difficult, but he- give you this reward or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. having, having the ability to customize never, does away with like the raw like if you want that experience you can always still have that experience that's true that's true yeah Jared, you uh, had something to add yes yeah, so so when miyazaki was making demon souls and like his philosophy is the the experience of like overcoming a really hard obstacle that sense of like release or or, or, or like that like catharsis like that's what kind of drives most of his games if not all of his games and for a while like that was always the reason that like he made them so difficult and and not in terms of like yeah you need to be like an esports god but like you have to learn this combat and you have to play by this game's rules and learn at the sort of like how we want to teach you how to parry in bloodborne or how to like dodge roll in dark souls or like you know like how to use these specific mechanics because it's always about overcoming an obstacle that you think is impossible but then it's that sense of like accomplishment and then finally doing it and then i played star wars jedi fallen order and they give you a slide for like parry timing windows and it was just such like a just do that like it's so simple to just adjust things for people and still have that like dark souls experience um now obviously it's like way easier to play the jedi you know star wars game from mm-hmm. ea than it is uh, a from software souls game but like uh, i played through all of that game and i didn't play through all of the all of elden ring yeah like i mean i think their games have actually gotten easier since bloodborne mm-hmm. um maybe intentionally because for most of these games the sort of difficulty slider quote unquote is always a up to 
obtuse mechanic or summoning or using co-op in limited cases. So it's like they give you the tools. Wear this ring. Easier. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's just like, you know, stat stuff, like a build. But like they give you the tools to make things easier. But it, again, it's like so baked into like you kind of already have to have a certain level of like I understand how to play a third person action game. Um, and they it, they they just don't give you the, the regular old like easy, hard, normal, or they don't give yeah. you the sliders. And honestly, Molly, 80% of the bosses in all these games just stick to just get real close, stick to the side, lock on, stay on one leg and just whack away two, three times and yeah. then back off and then just stick to one side, get close, one, two, three, back off. So like yeah. Dark Beast Pearl, just stick to its like back right leg, just lock on and just that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Although well, actually locking on did not serve me because like it kind of targets auto targets the head. Um, but yeah, people were like, I, <laughs> I was on the boards a lot trying to get some tips before I found out I just needed to like calm down and approach yeah kind of the way you said like kind of anybody else like just get that timing right get behind him or on the side um someone was like if you start hitting a leg and he collapses just go around rotate between all the legs and he'll just stay down forever it's like okay easier said than done but also very funny Um, oh what's really funny is that there's an in joke in all these games it's like the the sort of like a big monster not like a a regular sized person with the sword but for big monsters in all miyazaki games is get in that booty you just go around (laughs) and you just get in the booty and that honestly works for like most of the boss so like that's like the yeah. advice people it's like stick to the hip the love handle the booty and just go to work the love handle <laughs> yeah yeah just like get those get those ricky old legs down um uh, i also i just i fig- finally i thought i knew what people were saying when they were talking about visceral attacks and uh i thought it was just r2 that's not correct it is no i, I just figured out how to like parry and do like a visceral attack um yeah stun viso uh good stuff yeah but they're always like creep up on them i'm like yeah okay that has never worked for me no. These clowns. Plus, I a lot of monsters just, in that game don't even look like... They're, like, there's such, like, weird, disgusting amalgamations with, like, no body parts. It's just, like... And that's what they're Ooh. It's great, but it's just, like, they don't have, like, a typical-looking body. Yeah. Which is presents an interesting challenge. Like, the other day, I finally got to this guy who stunned... Paralyzed me with magic, got up to me, sucked my face out of my head, and then would do the same thing over and over again, and I was... That's such an archetype mad. in every game. That started with Demon's Souls. Yeah. There's always a guy who sucks you with stunlock magic. And then, and then, I didn't know this until today, when I was trying to figure out what he was, like, called or what his deal was. First of all, there's going to be more of them, of course. Second of all, he... He took my insight. He, That's just a redead from Ocarina of Time, Jared. Honestly, yeah. I, I mean, obviously they change it up, so it's like a squid-faced, you know, a uh, Cthulhu monk priest, or hey, they always change what it is in all these games. Mm. He took Molly in, in the N sixty four Zelda game. There is an enemy that if you just walk, it's so they're like weird, smeary, brown zombie faces <laughs> or or dudes who have fucked up faces, and if you get um too close to them they freeze time no. and it plays the worst possible fucking sound oh no it, ah, is like it is it is a it is a nightmare and, and haunts me to this day i hate that i hate the the combination of the words smeary and brown already uh-huh. uh, well you're not gonna like the n64 very much because smeary and brown is what they got baby oh my god Log, this is bad kind of like mucus head membrane mm-hmm. guy was already bad enough 
Um, yeah, play maybe we'll put a redead in Tears of the Kingdom. I know. I, I, need to, I know. Tears of the Kingdom. What do you? How do you guys feel about that? Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, concerned that we haven't seen anything of this game, and it's coming it, out in two months. Yeah, second trailer was kind of same as the first one. They're not telling us anything. I'm concerned. Well, but isn't that like kind of de rigueur, right? It's like it's like, listen, man. It, it, hey, we built this on top of the 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 engine that made Breath of the Wild, so it's gonna run like that. It's gonna play. It's gonna play like that. But here's all like. All they have is the new shit. And they don't want to show you the new shit. They want you to play the new shit. But what makes it new? What makes it special? Like, sell me You're going to have to pay $69.99 to find out, Jared. He can build a car. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it is It is a... There is a beloved Xbox 360 game called um, um, Banjo-Kazooie uh, Nuts and Bolts. And it is all... all well, not all, but, like, a, a big part of that game is about you making custom vehicles oh. and so everyone as soon as that popped up in the trailer everyone's like oh my god is this a nuts and bolts game that oh that's what people meant when they said that okay i'm uh-huh. still like learning what anything means um, well yeah because that's the problem is like there is there you have fucking decades of lore that you just won't know and and like how could you know unless you were there and like absorbing it how the fuck would you know like in hyrule you mean <laughs> yeah you had you <laughs> needed to spend decades in hyrule vibing keep defeating ganon also that is diminishing returns on this whole defeating ganon thing i think link should quit yeah and you look at the timeline and and then you find oh. out that there's like a whole par- part of the timeline where it's just like here's where link fails yeah, I, he's got to just drop it, man. Like, it's not good for him. I think it's it's toxic, and he should go um, sell potions on Etsy. Ganon needs to stop I, coming back. Maybe that's the issue. Yeah, It's yeah. almost like they're archetypes. <laughs> it's almost like we cannot stop evil rising in the world. <laughs> be like Beetle and sell stuff in, like, a flying shop. Oh, my God. I don't know how I feel about him always going, I live to sell. So here's the question, Molly. We are, we are, as we're recording, we're, we are like in the ballpark of two months away. You have not finished Breath of the Wild. No. Are you going to finish Breath of the Wild before Tears of the Kingdom comes out? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, I've crushed two of the Divine Beasts. Mm-hmm. I've crushed all the shrines. Um, Every shrine? Damn. I, I I I went from being really like mad about and aggro about the shrines to loving them. And so I just went and sought them all out. And when I was like, I you know, I can't find any more organically, looked at a map, was like, well, all right, where are there more shrines? Um, did the, you know, the DLC ones. Um there are no more shrines for me to do, which is sad. Oh, there, there's a couple actually via some side quests that in the moment I like didn't want to do. Um, and that now I will, I have to, there's like a lot of side quests for me to do. And some of those have shrines. Um, but yeah, so I'm absurdly overpowered, which is really fun, but also kind of stops being as fun in, in a certain way. Um, but so I need to, I need to get back in the game and kind of relearn the mechanics. Cause it's been a long time at this point and then go get those other divine beasts um, yeah, there's some things I'm dreading doing, but that I suspect I will find more fun now that I've, like, played some other stuff and have kind of a wider set of skills and, like, frame of reference for what something, what difficulty means for a video game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I do think that you'll 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 have even better. Like, well, obviously, it'll take some time to remember all the the mechanics and whatever. But like, I think you will be having gone from having played like very few video games to having played like a substantial amount of video games when you you know since then. I think you'll be in a much better place to yeah. deal with it. But I I think I don't know I don't know Jared like but Molly and I I think are both on the divine beasts are the worst part of Zelda Breath of the Wild. What do you think, yeah. Jared? No, I I, I fully 
totally agree. Um, they need to bring back OG dungeons because honestly, the best part of old Zelda games, Molly, mm-hmm. are these puzzly dungeons where the dungeon itself is a puzzle. And it was like the, the fun of getting a key to open a door, to get a chest, to get an item. And you get a new item. item. But that's kind well, of that's, a, that's a, Well, kind of, but, but also like the thing about the thing about dungeons in classic Zelda is each you there is like an item like a usable item that is a, that you use you know for the rest of the game like you get a boomerang or whatever um gravity you are, or something or yeah exactly and that is associated in like that dungeon that you get it in is or you get directly before you go to the dungeon in some cases like the hookshot is directly associated with like solving puzzles with that tool okay so like if if you got like it like it is it, they're all like basically like themed dungeons like okay this this dungeon is a forest dungeon and the puzzles that you're gonna solve i mean some of them are just generic like block puzzles or whatever but the, like the, the things in it are going to be you need to use the bow that you got to execute in this in this thing or like the classic one that i always think about is that weird um like ho- <laughs> it's like it's like a, like a hover screw that you get in twilight princess and oh, the boss yeah. the bo- it's a, it's a awesome it's the, it's one of the best parts of the game like is a the bo- yeah it, yeah it is like a dreidel and like the the boss fight in that in that uh dungeon is you are like screwing your way up like along the side of a giant tower that has that has like ridges inside of it and so you're fighting this like big ass like I, don't, I think it's like a bone dragon if i remember correctly yeah it's cool and, and you're like fighting it as you're like spinning up and down riding this like giant hover screw oh my god that's crazy i love that yeah, yeah there's, there's, like there's like an epiphany that like you get where half the dungeon you can't like you know get through certain doors or like kill enemies and you're like what am i missing and then you get the item and a light bulb goes off and you go through the whole thing and you clean up all the rooms and enemies with this new thing they give you and honestly if you can get through like a good chunk of Bloodborne, you can literally tackle any video game. I fully believe that. Wow. Okay, that actually makes me feel amazing. Um, yeah, I do need to go back and play some of the earlier Zelda games. Um, I will say, <laughs> challenge. Yeah. I, well, actually, first, first, there. I feel like there are some shrines in Breath of the Wild that are not too dissimilar from that. They, they certainly each have their own like theme. Um, and then they're like you know named something really like beautiful and poetic, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be annoying. Um, there's a couple that like I couldn't figure out because there's you know there's like the thing that they want you to do and then there's like often if not always a way to like do a really hack job of it um, there were a couple where I was like I do not know what it, what is the thing they want me to do and I'm just gonna like hack this however I can um, but mostly I think they were well designed even if they weren't quite up up to the the standard of those dungeons from other games because that sounds really cool um, yeah it just it's just like it's just like the density of it so like the the shrines I think are, are broadly cool and I think most people are pretty like warm on the shrines including myself i think that like broadly there are some of them that i'm just like i, I make a frowny face at but the, the majority of it <laughs> most of them are, great. are are pretty good like pretty darn good and give it's you all just the tools at the beginning of the game though that's the problem right right well I, like you know and like i think that it was like it was like a cool thing to try of like what if you had all the tools from the get-go I just don't think that necessarily, like, at the end of the day, you ending the game with the same amount of stuff that you had at the beginning doesn't feel as cool. Uh, you get, you end the game with the Master Sword, my friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, it's not the same as, like, this, this, here's this, here's this toy. Like, like, you know, you have all, like, like, the Magnesis powers or whatever you get in Breath of the Wild. What if there were just more powers that you got? That's true. That would be cool if there was more different stuff. But I will say, one thing the shrines do well is, teach you not just like how to use those powers but like actually gives you better ideas for use cases for them out in the in the wild um, mm. because there were definitely 
some like some powers that I was just like, I'm not going to use this. That's like too much trouble. And then I go use it in a shrine and be like, OK, I see how this is going to come in handy. And like now it's it's forced me to like get comfortable with it. Um, yeah. So that is that is um, one argument I'll make for it. But but yeah, it is like a very different kind of concept of gameplay to have you start with all of them. Yeah. And, and like it is. So it's the thing I think you will probably have a little bit of 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 friction with is that Breath of the Wild is really the first time they've done like properly open world, like yeah. full on open world. And and other the other games have like elements of open world. And like you can make a pretty solid argument that like there is a direct line from Ocarina of Time in 1998 to open world games in modern times. Mm-hmm. Is that like, you know, there isn't like this this raw linearity, even though that there is linearity in that game. Like the like there's a big quest chain in Ocarina of Time. You see that like play out in open world games like instead of what if instead of there was one big quest chain what if there was 80 big quest chains yeah yeah um and you you can definitely see how zelda has influenced open world design even if they weren't like proper open worlds until pretty recently yeah yeah well and uh, yeah the open world thing is I feel like it's hard to go back from that because it just feels so good and lets you li- like really immerse yourself in a game in a way that is very special and very unique. Um, but I will say like even, you know, something like Bloodborne is not open world, but it's like actually quite like claustrophobic, but like it Hub and spoke. feels, it almost feels open, like it feels open world adjacent because you do have a, you know, you have a choice in certain ways, at least of like how to approach certain paths or actually, well, what I'm learning from the board is like there is a right way and you can do different ways and mostly that's fine and sometimes that's not fine at all uh, <laughs> which is good to know um but yeah i god i love the the phase of my most intense phase of playing breath of the wild oh my god i feel like the the landscape of my brain was like better for it for being yeah. in that game it's tough because like at the time i really wanted it to be more of a traditional zelda game so my my initial not to say that I disliked it, but my initial read on it was way um more sour than it is now. Because it's like, oh, it's doing these things, but I don't really want it to do those things. I want it to do the other thing. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm very curious to see how Tears of the Kingdom, I mean, like, there's no, there isn't a world where they put out a Zelda game and I don't play the Zelda game. Yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't exist. But like, I, I'm just more curious to see like, okay, you did it. Like, you made Breath of the Wild. You made this big, like, <laughs> grenades roll down hills open world thing what do you what do you do now how do, how do you refine that or or what do you do to um try to make that mesh with zelda in general and Link's i don't know i don't know what training too yeah you just you shoot your crossbow real you hard do another Link's crossbow training and then you give us a tingle game because we need tingle back in our lives molly i i'm pretty sure we've talked about tingle briefly with you but how familiar how familiar familiar are you with tingle you've mentioned it but i don't remember what it is and I feel scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He is a pervert. He's a, pervert a little adult. tiny pervert. Is he in the in the Zelda world? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. He is in the Zelda games. He is a he is a middle aged man oh. in a fairy costume okay. with a little mustache. Okay. <laughs> And uh, he he plays a prominent role in in Majora's Mask, which is I think probably the game that you're the most interested in playing outside yes. of Tears of the he's, Kingdom. He sounds oh, he sounds weird. like he's expressing himself. He's exploring himself. Oh, he's exploring himself. He's exploring more than himself. Oh. He's a little mischievous, <laughs> little pervert. He's <laughs> no. he's a he's a huge pervert. Man, I, and uh, I don't like that representation, man. Just let some nice elderly man be in a fairy costume I without being a pervert. Tingle, but- oh, Tingle's great, but he is also a pervert. 
perfect. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> um, there's a lot of characters, like, in, Z- in the Zelda world, like, Sheik and Midna, and, like, there's all these, like, cool characters, and then, like, Tingle just shows up every now and again, wearing this little, like, all green, like, it's not a suit, but it's, it's like a weird outfit. It's like a onesie, and it's got, like, a, like a, like a hat built in, and he's got, like, an, like, an outside underwear thing going on, and he's just a little mischievous rascal who helps, and you're like, what's going on with your life, dude? Like, okay, yeah, he man. Helps. He helps you. Okay, yes, he does help you. I thought he was like a um, Okay. So, I have one one more question, and this, this question doesn't really have an answer, but I will, I will ask it anyway, and then we'll move on from Zelda. What what do you want from Tears of the Kingdom? And that can be abstra- as abstract as you want it to be. Oh. I mean, because I guess, like, the base thing, and maybe you're asking in an ideal world, but, like, what, I think what we know is that it's it seems to take place in, in a similar, largely in the same world as we've been in in Breath of the Wild, although maybe with mm. Sky Islands, which is interesting. Um, hmm... I think I know what I want, which is real traditional dungeons. Mm-hmm. They need to really change up the world if they're going to use the, the same basic map. So, like, yeah. give me different, like, tr- modes of transportation or locomotion. Like, let me be able to, like, shoot up into the sky and glide around on these, like, new sky islands. Um, I mean, a, a new thing they introduced in Breath of the Wild was the concept of just of like accumulating loot. So like new types of weapon and armor and shields. So like maybe they really get into that and not necessarily like having to break the weapons of, you know, weapon durability, but like, yeah, more, more powers and, and just like, I'm just, co-op. I mean, there's so many things that they could have added that like they were working on this as DLC for the first game. And it said, we have so many ideas. We had to make a second game for six years they must have a lot of stuff that they haven't been showing because clearly these trailers are just little small snippets of him like going through a cement wall and like being underground like is there an underground second open world like Elden Ring like what's going like on like Zelda like fucking like the dark world of, of Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo no I like Elden Ring um, yeah also I'll say I feel like I, I, I definitely would love to see a thing that I expect and so would like to see is a wider variety yeah like a different slash wider variety of like weapons loot cool ass outfits um i'd love to see some new types of like local enemies um i'd love to see some new little you know some new thrilling locations Mm -hmm. um and i would love just a really good fucking story and then my less serious asks are let me put more than the four or five horses in the stable let me have as many as i want make them kiss make them kiss um yeah i want link to be able to smash uh, just kidding but <laughs> but 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 also but also <laughs> but also um uh i don't know it'd be cool if he could like you know he can, it looks like he can build kind of a car type vehicle if he could build like a cessna that'd be great a little airplane he doesn't need one he can fly I but think they showed like a weird glider thing oh they did but it wasn't as like DIY as the car where you can like see the components using Magnus. It was more just like, here's a new It was more for of like sky. a weird like Minecraft flying carpet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, maybe give him more RPG stuff. Like you can upgrade moves or stats instead of just, do you want more health or more stamina? Like, so you mean like a skill to, tree to level him up? Yeah. Skill, skill uh, something like cool. that. What I want more than anything else is for them to like to double, triple, quadruple down 
on making things weird side stuff like even Tide Island and what the hell is the name of the city that you make like the little town you Terry Town. Um, yeah. I want I I don't want I don't want a bigger t- I don't I don't want them I don't want them to make Terry Town too. I want them to make stuff in that vein. Yeah. I want them to to have like many more of those where I'm exploring the world and then here's this whole other thing that I can spend three hours dicking around with because it's so cool and by itself. Yeah. I want I want a game filled with those. I'm with you on that. Um, also, I could use less of get rid of that fog forest. Get mm-hmm. rid of it. That made me very mad. And the other yeah, ones. that is also kind of a little bit tropey of of Zelda of like oh, having yeah. a forest you can't get through. It, yeah, it, or like you need a guide, a way to guide you through or a something. Special been lamp doing. that lights your way. That's such yeah. like an old Zelda trope. It didn't even yeah. make any freaking sense. I probably just didn't do it right, but <laughs> I think it intentionally tries to obfuscate because uh, it's a magical mystery foggy forest um yeah. oh man i got really good though at when it would start to white out the screen and make you start over at just like running back like no 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 <laughs> you can get back even tide might be the best part of that game oh my god wait did i tell you what happened with me on even tide when i finally defeated it oh. no what did you what did you do well so it didn't i didn't try i tried like a couple times and i think i like wasn't ready and then i finally came back when i felt like okay i have the skills and the like uh you know stamina and strength and wherewithal to like do this um, cause I went like once or twice and got just wrecked. Um, what happened? I like, didn't find as many arrows or like I used them all on something stupid. Um, and so by the time I got down to the big, oh God, what is he called? The big troll type guy, the tall guy, the, uh, Hinox? Hecox or something. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. Hinox? Hinox. Yeah. Um, I had nothing. I had no weapons. I had literally nothing. I'd like broken some sword. Um, so what I did was I figured out how to like the right kind of distance and timing to turn around, huck a bomb at him, like again, mm-hmm. keeping close enough, but not so close he could stomp me and then run like hell. He'd blow up. It would take the tiniest bit of damage uh, or like bit off his health. And he's in that kind of lower area, kind of between like some mountains. So you and he won't like he'll stop following you if you go too far out of there. So I ran in this very small circle of that area. Just turn around, huck a bomb, run, 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 wait for my bomb to reload, turn around, huck a bomb. It t- it took maybe 20, 25 minutes fully, yeah. but but I got it. It was like the most, it was the most meditative and also excruciating experience of my life, but I did it just Truly with Truly the Bloodborne of Zelda. It was the Bloodborne <laughs> of like Zelda experiences yes. for sure. <laughs> but like, but, but I, but I like, obviously like that's very funny. Um, very but funny. I, I think like the idea of here, here you are, many of your tools are, are like you are given you are given a task that is not like anything else you're doing in the game. Um, you have a different subset of tools to work with, um, and and like your goals are just fundamentally different in that island than yeah. they are in just like anywhere else. And I think that that is fucking sick as hell. I think so too. Well, did you do the master trials? I did not. Oh, because it's it, that's oh my god, it's like that, but but leveled so way up and much much more involved. You would, I think, you'd love them because it's the same thing where you kind of start with not very much. Maybe I do have an anxiety disorder, so video games that that make me uh, anxious do a bad. So like something you call it like a master trial, and I'm like, ah, it's gonna no, give me anxiety. Think of it is like it's like even is it even tied? Yeah, it's like even tied. Um, but it's just a grander kind of undertaking. Um, yeah. it is. 
not I would say it's like uh, it's like if Bloodborne was more doable honestly in the sense yeah. that like because you have to start and you have to like I think you have a certain um, uh, I forget exactly the mechanics I watch Cole play through them all but it's like yeah you find stuff as you go you kind of have to like ration out your your weapons because you might get to the next level and realize like oh crap I used those certain kind of arrows on this thing and I shouldn't have because now I really need them and I could have used something else on them and so you kind of learn by iteration and you do have to start over I think quite a bit but like it is um, I, I think it's like the, the happy medium of challenges like those on this in the kind of grander scheme of, of video games that where it's like when you lose you lose everything and you have to start over but like you learn fast yeah um, so I do want to talk about um, Horizon while you're while you're here yes. um, you've played through all of the first game Mm-hmm. And you haven't touched the second game, right? I started it. I started the I kind of got like midway through the like you know opening scenes where they're right. kind of world world setting up and and training. And you I said, think, no, I'm not ready yet. Well, no, I was. I think it was like it was really late that night that I started it because I think I started it. I like finished Yodan and I was like, I can't handle not having this world. So I started the next yep. one and then it was really late. And then Cole and I fell into like a Fortnite frenzy. Um, <laughs> So I think I'll just start it over. It's your new podcast. <laughs> yeah. Cole and Molly's Fortnite Frenzy. Um, so I uh, love those games, and I played through the entirety of of, of uh, Forbidden West last year. And recently, I have gone back and started playing Zero Dawn again. Mm-hmm. And I, I apparently, when I played it the first time in like 2017, I didn't do like any of the side stuff. <laughs> I was just like, oh. no, I'm gonna I'm gonna mainline this shit. So I'm going through, and I'm like like clearing out all of the bandit camps uh doing all of the cauldrons all that shit and apparently i just didn't do any of that so like i'm getting like it's like ding 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 here's a trophy ding 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 i'm like oh i did apparently i didn't do any of this in 2017 uh i just played the through the the main story but um it's good and i still like it a a bunch and it's 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 better on a playstation 5 uh it just runs better runs it 60 frames per second. It's beautiful. It, it's, it's holds up pretty well. Not as good as the new one, obviously, but like, it's still a pretty, pretty good looking game. <laughs> but what it did was make me in retrospect, like Forbidden West so much more. Even a game I already really liked having played the 2017 game. Uh, I'm like, Oh man, they really did do a lot. It's just that like your brain doesn't like when you played it like five years ago, your brain doesn't remember it all that well, and you're just like, this seems right. Like they've refined this, but not, but like it's not that big, big of a difference. It's a huge difference. Okay. <laughs> Everything about that game, about about Forbidden West, is a a substantial improvement, both both in terms of like the writing, the performance, like the, the character. Like that, what was really wild to me is how muted Aloy is in in this game. The performance of Aloy, she is so much more lively in the second game. Okay. Um, the lack of of the, the Breath of the Wild glider in the first game, huge fucking bummer. <laughs> oh, dark driving you nuts! <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, I'm all the way at the top. Fuck. Um, yeah, and and, and like the, the in the first game, there they have elements in the weapons. But they don't really ask you to do that much with them. Like, you don't really have to engage that hard with the elementals uh, effects of the weapons. Um, it obviously, like, does more damage if you're doing, if you're, like, scanning the enemies and, and using it against them. In the second game, that is a huge part of the combat. And you, you will have a bad time if you are not, if you are not, like, managing what elementals the enemies you're fighting are, are, are weak to or strong to. If you are not actively engaging with the elementals, you're gonna have a bad fucking time oh man okay that 
I'm nervous about that just because that hasn't been, it's not something I like, dislike. It's something that I haven't, you know, I, I haven't like been wanting for that. So that's interesting. I'll see how I feel about that. But I do. But this is a Bloodborne thing, Molly. It's, I, it makes you get good. I know it's going to, yeah, it's going to make me get good at it. And I think I'll, it'll come to be, to be natural, even if I'm annoyed at first. Um, but I do love to hear, cause I mean, I felt like the character's performance, like story of Zero Dawn were just so good. So that's very exciting to hear, to hear like this endorsement of all of that, that it's like, you know, you know, performances, et cetera, are even better. I was when I, I mean, I also went straight from literally in the same night from Zero Dawn into Forbidden West. And yeah. like, so I, I, I was chafing a little bit at the, just the difference in like controls and like mechanisms. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't like it, but that was just because it was different. I don't, I certainly would not stand by that, especially if yeah. I, when I start kind of fresh. Um, I, that makes me very excited because I think I was worried. I was like, how could any story or like whatever live up to Zero Dawn? Because it's so good. Oh my God. I, I legitimately fucking love the like the the sci-fi narrative like it, it's weird because i'm usually not a like that i'm not not usually that taken in by a plots i'm much more of a of a interpersonal narrative type of person mm-hmm. i'm much more like okay this this is the character arc or whatever or like not necessarily just this one character arc but here's the arc between these two people mm-hmm. and so usually like the a plot of of a story especially like a sci-fi or fantasy like a genre story i'm like this is fine but this is the background <laughs> Um, yeah. I do think that like, so what's really fucking awesome, and I don't want, I, I, I will keep it, I will keep it very vague, but the, the, cause I don't want to spoil anything for you. They, they double down on you interacting with, with like friends and, and colleagues in Forbidden West in a way that they don't do at all in, in Zero Dawn. Okay. And I love that because like you are, you are very much encouraged to talk to, people in the world and like develop your relationship with them over time and like they have they develop relationships with other people in the world like that they are interacting with each other too and i like that a bunch but the fucking a plot in in forbidden west is fucking awesome and i like it kept going places that i couldn't believe it was going and then it ends with like a pretty good cliffhanger which again i won't i won't i won't go into it but i'm just like well shit that sounds awesome i want to know what happens horizon three horizon three Wait, okay, that makes me happy because I was, I was, the premise of it, you know, it's like the, the terraforming is out of control. And like, now that's like the next kind of thing that is, must be solved. I was like, that's cool. Uh, doesn't seem as cool as like the whole mystery unfurling in Zero Dawn. But so, so there's more kind of, there is more to unfold in this there's people. so much that like I and like mind you, having played through that game, I'm I'm like, oh, I, I you know, I think I'll know where it's going. I don't. I didn't know. I didn't know where it was going. Oh, I love uh, three. Jared, you have something to say? Yes, uh, you guys are much bigger fans of the Horizon franchise, and apparently Sony is too because they're going to make this a core pillar of their business going forward with more games, more TV shows. Like they're going to make Horizon as big of a part of their entire catalog as humanly possible and that is so bizarre to me because i don't think those games sold into the stratosphere like god of war or last of us because they keep coming out next to other bigger games Hmm. they did pretty well i think the numbers came out i'm pretty sure that that zero dawn when you include the pc release i think hit 20 million okay okay that's that's (laughs) that's very good but like it is so odd to me it's like that's the thing they picked where it's like the first game what else are they gonna fucking do they're gonna have uh, they're they are doing aren't they doing a a gran turismo tv series like there's Uh, sony doesn't have that much shit well twisted metal god of war nobody uh, wants twisted metal jared nobody in 
on this earth wants twisted metal. It Sony is a does. it is shit from the PlayStation, the Sony. original PlayStation, and it is for does. fucking it is for fucking they got like, Anthony Mackie metalhead asshole teenagers. <laughs> I'm I don't I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just telling you, Sony's taking every IP they have and they're going to mill it out like The Last of Us and just turn everything into a show or movie and make even more games and put them all on PC. Uh, so more Horizon, yeah. I do feel like I feel fraught about the franchisization of like stuff generally but i mean it's i haven't watched it yet because i want to play the game but it sounds like the last of us show is pretty freaking good people like it people like it's it great. And- it's really it's really really great and i don't know if the source material story-wise for some of the other sony ip is nearly as strong as that first last of us game but um hey man the uncharted movie did really well so maybe quality isn't what people are looking for well, i think uncharted has like nothing going for it story-wise okay. it's all about like the characters are charming oh okay. yeah yeah hey, that's, well, that's um that's all of my fiction <laughs> it, i mean I've never the characters <laughs> the characters in the game are really charming and they cast tom holland and mark Wahlberg. Which you don't is, love mark Wahlberg, jared you don't love you don't love him no. being because uh, also tom holland he was charming. i like tom holland but miscast as nathan drake mark Wahlberg's horribly miscast i don't know who else is anyone in that series and also uh uncharted is just tomb raider and indiana jones so i, I don't know if oh yeah it's that. totally they they, so. they absolutely said what if we made indiana jones yeah that's literally it it's dude raider that's what they used to call uncharted yeah it was like it was like what if it was indiana jones but it was also a dude (laughs) um they put put, uh uh, this thing called well it was drake's map and now it's called peely's plunder uh but drake's map i think comes from that is what cole and i realized um it was this mechanism where like you'd find this map and go get like a chest sorry this is in Fortnite. um that has just like a ton of cool stuff in it um presumably yeah, yeah. it's it, it it is it is not nathan drake but it is it is like sir francis drake's map from the no, uncharted no, 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 games no. Oh, oh but but it is it does it is a reference to uncharted because they had a bunch right of- right because but like his name is drake because it's like oh it's okay. like francis Drake. It's a, it's it's part of the the plot of those games. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, okay. But it is a it is a Sir Francis Drake map, not a Nathan Drake map. Even though Nathan Drake would be in possession of it. But like, yeah. okay. So because that I was like, oh, Sir Francis Drake, and then we saw this like Uncharted stuff, and we were like, oh, Nick or not? Yep. Nick Drake. They do that. That that, that is on purpose. Um. So so it is. But in Fortnite, I would argue that it is it is more Nick Nick Drake. I Nathan. keep calling him um Nick. No. Nicky. Wait. What's his name in the game? Nathan. Nathan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, said, it's like it's like the main character in Guys and Dolls. Nathan. I keep calling him Nick Drake, as in the singer who is 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 deceased? Question mark. But what if you just started calling him Drake, like the, Drake. Canadian, like, like, the Toronto the Toronto rapper? Um, we could think of it that way. That would be interesting. I'll have to play around with that. <laughs> Nathan Drake loves T Dot. Um, He's always ro- yeah. rolling through the was it through the six with the his six. woes. Exactly. T Dot. Um, I'm trying to think of yes. Drake lyrics, and I don't want. I don't want to. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know that many Drake songs. I know Hotline Bling is really good. I really like Hotline Bling. Zero to one hundred, real quick. I don't know that many Drake songs. Uh, he was on um, uh, Sicko Mode. He he does. He has like a, a, the intro and a verse on Sicko Mode, and that's pretty good. Um, I like that one where in the music video there is Rashida Jones. Uh, what is it called? I don't know. I'll think of it later. Um, it's good. Drake cast. We like Rashida Jones. <laughs> exactly. Um, the song is good though. I think Big Freedia features on it. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. 
I did. I my first exposure to Drake was seeing him on Degrassi. That so that's what I realized. That's what people know him from. But I don't. I don't know. What, I mean, I know what Degrassi is, but like I don't know. You were, were watching Basic Cable as a as a teen. Oh, you were probably in France. Yeah, I was. I didn't have that. It must be nice to have had that. Wouldn't <laughs> it be? Degrassi. Wouldn't it be nice? You were instead eating baguettes and cheese. I mean, yes, but I was also just like a filled with ennui, shitty little child slash teenager. Yeah, yeah, I was a shitty little child, but I was in the United States. Uh, yeah, 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 that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I do want to say before before we wrap up, um, the the DLC for um for Ben West launches in late April. Hilariously, about a month before. <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. Oh my god, I, don't, I gotta, I have to, I need to take a leave from work to get all these through, I need to get through Bloodborne, I need to get through the rest of Breath of the Wild, I need to get through all of Horizon through Ridden West, and the DLC before Tears of the Kingdom comes out. Molly, this is you becoming a true gamer of having a backlog that yep. will never ever come down. I this know. is the life, this is the life you have chosen. Oh yep. god. But I mean, it's so great, because then, if I play them slowly, then there's just so, I'll never run out of stuff. But they keep coming out with games, Molly, and then your backlog just grows bigger and bigger and bigger, and it never goes down it's like with books it's like there's always good stuff ahead love that for me absolutely molly is there anywhere people can find you on the internet yes they can find me on twitter at molly gwyn the gwyn spelled g-u-i-n-n um and And, uh are there pictures of saltines that people can see there you will find pictures of saltine um i uh i went through my twitter and just kind of uh (laughs) recently and cleaned it up a little bit just because it's public facing and it's um i now work i work for consumer reports which is very cool i'm really loving it um but you know, I, my are they more buttoned up than than us? What are they more buttoned up? They're they're more professional. Um, I mean, I think it's more just that like their audience is is more is kind of an uh, an older, more established like brand, and they have an older audience that they've had for a zillion years. So just and my also my Twitter is not like inappropriate. I just was like you know. It's, you're, you're talking about about succession and how sad it makes you or happy it makes you. Well, actually, mostly what I realized is I talk a lot about Diet Coke, which I say who doesn't. Um, and one of my colleagues uh, also revealed his his strong predilection for Diet Coke, which made me feel really seen. So that was nice. Um, and you can do that. Uh, and then Jared, you are you are also on Elon Musk's favorite website. <laughs> I I actually don't even want to know what his favorite website is. That sounds really messed up. Um, but I'm on Twitter, uh, which he hates because he keeps destroying it. Uh, at Jared Russo, and um, I I I I don't have enough photos of Pongo, which is my sister's cat. Um, Pongo. Yeah, Pongo's pretty cool. Maybe I should put some I, photos on there. I will say, Molly, since you've been gone, the cat's channel in Slack. <gasps> Nothing's it's dying. Sad. Can you invite me as like a you know outside of network sort of member? Molly, I wish I could do anything, but I can't. Oh. The alumni Slack should be, but nobody wants to use the alumni Slack. Yeah, that's true. Well, I I only didn't because it was like there's I can't I don't have time. I, there's so many things so many channels in our regular uh dig slack but um I, I i can i can hop in there i would like to see people's pets um yeah we can talk more we can talk, <laughs> talk more about some stuff off off the, the pod um uh, and if you want to see what i do head over to grantbrunner.com for the weekly roar i'm grant brunner that's jared russo and that's molly bradley have a good one Above the
Shop back on.